0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: March 25th, 2017, we're coming to your speakers live on blog, talk, radio, we're brought to you by forwardmile.com, your new home for sports news and opinions on the world wide web, and I'm here as always with the one-liner dropper and the fan of the king flopper, Cole Fouts. Hi, how are you today, Cole?
2: Great, thanks for that intro, that was amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, you know that's kind of your thing. You're you're the guy who tosses in the one-liner. You know, you get the rim shot on the show all the time. You're always making jokes, and Mm -hmm. and you're a big fan of LeBron James, who, in my opinion, is the king of the flop. Wow.
2: Okay. So
1: you're the king. You're the fan of the king flopper, and that's that's LeBron James. (laughs) Uh, That's good. Yeah one-liner dropper, fan of the King Flopper. Uh, it's it's a round of eight, the elite eight to be mm-hmm. exact, of March Madness Cole, and we've seen some serious upsets this far. And now that your your Duke Blue Devils are long out of this thing, have you pretty much just thrown your brackets right in the trash?
2: Uh, I haven't looked at my brackets since Sunday, um, not just because, Duke loss and like I was a, I wasn't wasn't crazily upset I mean a bunch of kids um but I just knew that my brackets didn't do well so I'm I'm not even looking at them
1: yeah I, I'm with you I mean I had Duke going all the way I only did two brackets and had Duke going all the way in one um I had Louisville in the in the final four things just didn't go my way this year so Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much just, it's over for me. I'm just going to enjoy the games from here on out. We're going to talk a lot of NCAA basketball. We're going to have Michael Hannock from Golf Coast Media newspaper join us later in the show to talk about his bracket, his projections, how things are going, what he thinks is going to happen the rest of the way. We're going to talk about our opinions on the NBA resting players, how we feel about that. We're gonna talk a little LeBron versus LeVar Ball. <laughs> the latest news in that whole saga. Levar Ball that just, he just he just I don't know. He keeps his, his 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 boys and his name circulating in the media. We're talking about it, so he if that's his you know, if that's his prerogative, then he's accomplishing that because he's always in the news. We're gonna talk yeah. some NFL uh, latest moves, latest latest stuff uh, as far as the NFL goes later in the show. And Cole, today is the day that we give away the signed copy of Johnny, You and Me, The Man Behind the Golden Arm by Johnny Nidus Jr., who joined us a few weeks back. He talked about uh, what it was like to grow up with Johnny Unitus as his father, he told us some stories, uh, what a great interview. If you haven't heard that Go back and check it out. You can find it on our iTunes feed. You can find it on Blog Talk. Um, If you're a subscriber on TuneIn, you can find that interview. But he sent us a signed copy of his book to give away on the show. So that's what we did. One lucky listener is going to win that thing, and we're going to announce it later here on the show right on Blog Talk Radio. And remember, you can catch us on demand on iTunes and on TuneIn after our live broadcast. Please subscribe to us on whichever format you listen to us here on blog talk radio all right cole before we get to march madness lebron and lavar and the rest of the show we're going to talk some nfl and specifically mm. we're going to talk about the green bay packers and we're going to do that with our blog talk radio guest of the week who's brought to you by gronk's grill and bar your headquarters for everything green bay packers and our guest this week is packers running back don jackson how you doing don I'm
3: doing great. I'm doing great. How you doing? Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely doing good. Doing good. Thanks for joining us. And and Don, let's get right into this thing and, and let's let's start it off by talking about your beginnings in the NFL. I mean you were you were overlooked in the 2016 NFL draft. You weren't invited to the NFL combine, but you ran a four five forty at your pro day and the Green Bay Packers saw enough of you to bring you in and give you a chance. So so Don, just tell us a little bit of the process and then how you ended up in Green Bay.
3: Um, I mean, I already knew going into the process that, you know, I was gonna be a guy. I mean, I went to a mid major university, the University of Nevada. <clears throat> university of Nevada Reno, not that school down south. Um yeah, I already knew kinda of what I was up against. I already knew, you know, what the you know, what the naysayers are saying, all the critics, so um, I just wanted to just put myself in a position where I could show scouts that I can I can do more than what they thought. And I think at my pro day, and you know, I took advantage of, you know, my training opportunities down at Next Level in, uh, in, uh, in Wisconsin with uh, Brad Arnett, Matt Gifford, those guys are great down there, and my guy, Lim, down here in Sacramento at Game Fit Certified. I took advantage of that and um, got to pro day and was able to let it loose. And um, the rest is history, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, an impressive 4 five forty, and and, you know, you, you you add that to your impressive uh, highlights and things that you, you were able to do there at Nevada, uh, over 1,000 yards rushing in your season, senior season there. So, I mean, absolutely, Green Bay uh, brought you in and gave you a shot. So, into your rookie year last season, Eddie Lacy hurts his ankle, ends up on injured reserve. James Starks lands himself in concussion protocol, never really comes out of it those injuries yeah. give you an opportunity in a Thursday night game against the Chicago Bears. You're playing in your first NFL game, six plays and two carries later, you wind up in the locker room getting X rays on your hand. So I mean, talk yeah. about a roller coaster ride there. Uh tell us about what you're feeling there. You're getting your first NFL carry and, and tell us about after the game with the bandage up hand. I mean, what was going through your mind with all that?
3: Um uh. I've been a little bit of feeling sorry for myself I guess at the moment. I mean when that happened. But I mean that's how the dice rolls, man. Like I mean I play I play football and no matter if it's the first play or the last play, there's still an opportunity to get hurt at every single play. So I mean I had a lot of emotions going into it, you know, to the first game and you know, but I had a lot of guys in my corner, a lot of my teammates were helping me out, you know, from top to bottom, you know, anybody anybody you think of name it. Like these guys you know, these guys helped me. So, um, emotionally, I think I was cool when I was going into it. And then I happened to, um, you know, take that hit on one of those plays and mess up my hand. And, and you know, I kind of was like, oh, it's over, it's over, it's over. Like, I, I missed this opportunity. But, you know, had to be through it. And um takes a couple steps forward so I can, you know, get better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the good news was you were able to come back and play in the next two games. But then, Don, yeah. you injured your knee in practice, which which kind of ended your season yeah. there. The team ended up placing you on IR. So, so first of all, we all want to know how's the knee doing, and are you going to be ready for this upcoming season?
3: Oh, the knee's fantastic. Um, you know, before I even left Green Bay, before the season was over, um, you know, I had to make sure I got all my physicals and you know, seeing the doctors, and they gave me the go. They were like, "You're good. You know, you can go. You know, when you go, take your rest off and." and you can get back into training exactly how you want to. And, you know, being that I was on IR for, you know, the the back end of the season, I mean, I had no time. I felt I didn't need any more extra time to go off. So as soon as the season's over, I was right back in the gym, starting going full speed, cutting full speed. I feel great. Um, I lost a little bit of weight, and I think it's benefiting me. Um, So I'm excited to see, you know, how how I'm looking when I go out there.
1: Absolutely. And I think, I think we're all excited to see it too. Uh, we're talking with Don Jackson, running back Green Bay Packers here live on blog talk radio, Coach and Col show. And, and Don, oh, yeah. you grew up in, in South Sacramento, California. And, and quite honestly, yes, a lot of, a lot of young men who grew up in South Sacramento, don't get the opportunities to succeed in life. And, and, and some of those who do get the opportunities don't really know what to do with it. So, so quite honestly, your success story and a real inspiration for young men all across the country, who, who are growing up in similar situations. So say a, a 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid walked up to you and, and asked you what the most important thing they should do to reach their dreams. What what would you tell them, Don?
3: Um, I think it's just, I think what, what was vital to me was having mentors. Um, I had, you know, my, my high school football coach and that whole staff, and, and I had, you know, I had a, lot, a lot of people in my corner that, you know, the times when I tried my best, to derail from, you know, the path that, you know, was leading to success. I tried my best to kind of get off of it. You know, those guys kept me straight, and I want to kind of be that outlet for guys. Like, I'm happy that I'm in the position that I am now. There's a lot more kids in Sacramento. I mean, especially my region. They all know it's possible, and I'm not the only one. Terrence Mitchell, Shaq Thompson, James Sample. I I mean, there's there's a bunch of guys that we all kind of, you know, hold it on to. I mean, you know, make sure that you know, we set the standard for these kids. So now that we see more kids, you know, striving to get, you know, get their grades in school to go do it the easy way. Because I definitely did it the hard way. Now a lot of young kids want to, you know, they're doing all this seven-on-seven tournaments, and you know, I'm, I'm just seeing, I'm seeing growth in the community when it comes to these, to sports and school. So it's been great. I just, I just think it's good that kids focus on, you know, getting a mentor and really just staying the course of. You know, you know, really listening to those people and appreciating the things that they give to them, and and just stay, like I said, just stay the course. I mean, that's most important.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Finding finding an outlet to to kind of cling on to and use that uh, as a way to better yourself is always a great thing. And 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 speaking of uh, some mentors you had in high school, you eventually became uh, what some people considered the best player, football player, in Sacramento and a Division One recruit, you rush for 2,305 yards as a senior in high school, 9.7 yards a carry, 23 touchdowns uh, for Laguna Creek High School in 2010. I mean, those numbers are, are staggering, 290 yards in five of the team's 10 games, and you rush for 444 yards and five touchdowns in one game. So, I mean, those are just yeah. amazing numbers, amazing numbers. And, and you've accredited a lot of your success to your head, your head coach, Mark Neal. Can you tell us a little bit about that relationship? Because I myself, am a high school football coach down in Wisconsin in the state of Wisconsin. So Mm -hmm. can can you tell us how much playing high school ball meant to you and where you are in your life right now? Obviously you've used that outlet to, to become an NFL player, but talk about that relationship. And you kind of mentioned it in in your last answer, but talk about how you were able to use football and that relationship with your head, with your head coach.
3: I say it like this. Uh, Mark Neal is like my second dad, know uh, Winston Young, Mark Eddy, those guys over there, they're just like my my second dads over there. They all took care of me. Coach Neal seen a guy, you know, with you know troubled past, but he never judged anything that I had ever been through. He never judged the kind of person I was at the time when he first seen me, and and it, like literally, he never never. From the moment I stepped in his classroom, he never ever kept his foot off the gas. He continued to push me in school. He continued to push me just in just in everyday life. He always told me that I need. He always told me that I needed to be, you know, the same person I am on the field, off the field. And that stuff was vital to him, and and if I didn't want to do it that way, he would keep making me work and work and work to where I got on the football field. I mean, this guy would really, literally have me. Sit outside of the football practice on the field, watch everybody while I have to do my homework. Like he, I mean he he was hard on me, and I think that's what I needed. I never had somebody that was that was tough on me, and um, now to this day I still talk to him every day. I talk to him like probably once or twice a week. Um, we are, every time I go back home to Sacramento, we, we go out and get a bite to eat. Um, I'm really really grateful, really really grateful that I had you know such a Persistent guy in my corner, and um, I'll, I'll be forever grateful for
1: that. Awesome. That that's just an awesome story, and 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 that's awesome that he saw that in you and was able uh, was able to help you along your way and and help you to the path you you know you've chosen and, and gotten to the NFL. So that's just great. Uh, speaking of uh, of that, I read a story Don about a teacher that you had or a teacher in your school that that told a girlfriend of yours that she shouldn't hang around with you. Because uh, the quote I read was, "You'd be dead or in jail by the time you were 17." You, you proved that teacher yeah, wrong true. B- because you made it to the University of Nevada, and and I read that you contacted that teacher and let him know that he was wrong about you. What what was that moment like for you? And was hearing those words back then how was that just a big part of your motivation to succeed? It's a big part of my
3: motivation when I you know, I I was sitting in, in my room with my roommate Brian Lane, he was one of my teammates in college. Um he was sitting in my room and I happened to be on Facebook and I had seen him, uh I had seen the teacher that had said what he had said and then it was kinda it was just it was just a spark of the moment idea. He was like, yo I'm like, yo, I think I should message this dude, like let him know how I'm doing <laughs> my cousin was like, Yeah, bro, do it. So I hit him up, like, Yeah, I just wanted to let you know you know, I want to, first of all, apologize for being, you know, one of those knucklehead kids that, you know, I disrespected authority and, you know, I just, you know, I kind of just went on just kind of asking for basically just apologizing for everything I had done in the past. And I had reminded him that he had said what he had said and I'd let him know like something, something in that message clicked. And now I'm, um, I'm getting ready to go to the university. I just got to the University of Nevada. I got my AA degree, and I ended up graduating high school. And, hey, I'm not there. I'm not in jail. And I told him, like, I want to thank you for the motivation. And instead of, you know, some, you know, bitter response, he was like, and that's the beauty of this whole thing, Don. Like, it's the beauty of this whole thing. Like, um, you know, at the moment, it might not have been the best thing to have said, but it was motivation to you. And, um... And I'm I'm grateful that 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 whole thing had happened anyway, you know, back when I was a young kid, and me hearing that and hearing those words, I'm happy all that stuff happened because that was a motivation of mine. I didn't want to be dead. I didn't want to be in jail. So um, I decided to buckle down, man, and I did use that as motivation along the way.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And you know what? You were able to use that as motivation, like you said, and and, and, and some kids, you know, they, they hear something like that, and that kind of shuts them down. And, and they take it the wrong way, and they take it the other way, and, and you were able to, to cling to that, use that as motivation, and get to where you've, you've gotten to, and, and that's just that's really awesome. I think that's a really a really good story, and it's a really uh, uh, a good moment for for youth around around the country and, and that, who may be listening today, who can say, you know what, I've heard something like that said about me, and 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 instead of you know shutting down, use that for motivation and, and follow your dreams. I think that's great. Yes, sir. All right, Cole. Cole, you've got a few questions for Don before we send him on his way. I know he's got a busy schedule and we thank him for taking the time out of his day to join us. So, so Cole, what you, what kind of oh, questions dude. do you have for Don?
2: Yeah, Don, Cole here. Nice talking to you. What's going on, Cole? Uh, I've got a, a few hard-hidden questions here for you, so I hope you're ready. I'm, um, ready. I'm ready. What's your favorite movie
3: genre,
2: and then what's your favorite movie from that genre?
3: My favorite movie genre. Okay, I'm just throw it out there. My favorite. Just here, I'm a big Harry Potter fan. I'm talking since okay. I was a little kid, like really, really big Harry Potter fan. I'm talking Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, or anything like. that. <laughs> I'm talking about literally. I have Gryffindor shirts and Slytherin shirts around my house. Big Harry Potter fan, and there's nothing that would top it, guaranteed. Nice. <laughs> Good movies.
2: <laughs> all right uh what are what's some music that you've been listening to lately what's in your ipod or if they even have ipods anymore what's on your phone
3: uh, on my phone i mean i listen i mean i'm more of a lyrical guy um i'm all about substance r&b hip-hop um old school you know 90s hip-hop uh 90s rap like i'm big on that j cole is my favorite artist um I support a lot of soap, uh, a lot of local artists here in Sacramento. Um, a couple of my friends rap. Listen to my boy Eric D all the time. Um a guy named Mazzy out of Sacramento, Kendrick Lamar out of LA, like it's just I, I, I love lyrical music, you know, music that I can you know, I can uh, hone into heart, you know, it's real close to home. So uh definitely J. Cole, Kendrick, um Isaiah Rashad I like it all, to be honest. I don't really discriminate in music. I try to listen to everything because if you listen to everything, I think you, you put you put a bunch of different stuff in your head and it makes you a little
1: versatile. I got you.
3: Uh, well, Coach's favorite uh,
2: hip-hop artist, I'm pretty sure, is J. Cole. Is that right, Coach? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I got, I'm got. Yeah. i always listening to J. Cole. Yeah, there
2: yeah. you go. Know. Uh, so you're a Packer now, obviously. What is your favorite cheese? My favorite cheese. <laughs>
3: Oh man, Uh, my favorite cheese. I wish I can. um... Oh, that's tough. You were right. That's tough. Oh man. I really like. Well, I just really love cheese curds. I mean, I never had a cheese curd until I got to Wisconsin. Yeah. And I just kind of fell in love with them out of nowhere. It's It's they're so good. Ridiculous. and they're really good. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of ridiculous how much uh, I fell in love with them. Um, I don't discriminate with cheese, though. I really don't.
2: Non-discriminatory por- person. I like it. All right. So, mm-hmm. Mars Madness is going on. Yes. I forget what seed they were, but how far did you have Nevada going in the tourney?
3: I had Nevada going all the way, sir. Like, I there we Nevada go. There we go. It was the first time we were in the tournament in over a decade, man. I, there was no way I could I could bet against my guys. <laughs> I think Cam Oliver is definitely a, a, the NFL. I mean, the NBA caliber player. Marcus Marshall was like one of the best three point shooters in the country. Uh, DJ Fenner was one of the leading scorers. Like I, I really really loved that team. Like Jordan Caroline, they're all they were all dope, man. Eric Musselman did like. Wonders with that with that team over there. I'm happy he actually stayed too for another year.
2: That's good. Repping your home yeah. team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You got you know it's the same thing with you, Cole. I mean, your guys from Duke. You had him going all the way. I mean, of course he's going to have him going all the way. And, and 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 like you said, Don, I kind of like that team too. I had him. I had him uh, in one bracket. I had him going a little bit farther than a lot of people did. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, I think you're one of the really great stories in the NFL right now, and in the country, to be honest. Uh, we're both big supporters of you, of yours, and and we're going to be cheering you for the, cheering for you this season. Uh, now we've got Eddie Lacy in, in Seattle, and 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 uh, James starts no longer with the team, so you could have yourself a real nice opportunity this season, and and we're really looking forward to it. I appreciate
3: it, man. I just want to go out there, earn my boys' respect. Earn my coach's respect. That's all I'm in for. I just want to earn my guys' respect. And um, I think it's going to be a good year. It's going to be an exciting one.
1: Yep. Absolutely. We're looking forward to it. I know we got to let you go and, and you got to run. So thank you a lot for joining us, Don.
3: Thank you, guys, so much, man. I appreciate you.
1: You bet. Have yep. a good one.
3: Thanks, Don. Stop Stop
1: All right, Don Jackson, Green Bay Packers. He was brought to you in part this week by Gronk's Grill and Bar in Superior, Wisconsin, your headquarters for everything Green Bay Packers and the home of Bottoms Up Beer and the Inger Tower Burger. That's right, the Inger Tower Burger, where you get six, one, two, three, four, five, six burger patties stacked in a tower-like fashion. And if you can finish that thing, you've got yourself a bottomless pit of a stomach. So check it out. Check out Gronk's Grill and Bar today.
2: Have you ever eaten uh,
1: one of those? Oh no, absolutely not. Um, okay. um I, you know, I'm I, people who know me know that I'm more of a wings guy, not much of a burger that's guy, true. but I'll tell you what, if you are a burger yeah. guy, that's where you want to go, is 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 Gronk's Grill and Bar, uh Superior Wisconsin. I love Check love out. They're right on on Highway Two. So if you're going through Wisconsin, if you're going up north, uh or you're going down south from up north, uh, you're gonna you're gonna pass right by it. They're right on the highway, so uh, definitely check them out. We thank them a lot uh, for helping us bring you Don Jackson this week. And I mean, honestly, you know, I, I I read a little bit about his background and his story and and how he was able to get to the NFL and 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 you know, we didn't really have time to talk about his whole story all the way through, but I think some of the things that he shared with us, Cole, were, were really great. And I think uh, a lot of people can can use, um, you know, the things that he said to their own motivation. And this doesn't have to be towards athletics. This can be um, towards anything in life. I mean, I mean, he said, stay the course and and work hard. And he talked about, um, you know, finding a mentor if you need one and and, and really uh, gravitating towards the good things in life and and, and taking, you know, stuff that could be could be used um, in a bad way. And, and, and shutting down like we talked about and actually using that and, and grasping hold of that and using that as motivation. So I think it's a really great story. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I I'm really pulling for him this year. I, I really hope we, he gets some more time because uh, if, if, if anyone's out there and I, and I know you and I have, have watched it, but some of his highlight tapes from, from Nevada and especially uh, his senior year in high school, I mean, this guy's got, he's a real deal. I mean, the fact that yeah. he wasn't invited to 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 the combine and he wasn't drafted is like is mind blowing to me. I mean, he's he's a real deal.
2: I I think his story I think his situation isn't unique, but I think his success is from that situation, if that makes sense, because there's a bunch of people out there that grew up in tough situations, but like you said like he took a lot of stuff and he made him positive and you know, obviously he's in the NFL now. Like you just said, like, because we have watched his his videos, his highlights, the kid's really good. I, th- I think he's going to do something this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really do. And I think we did uh, post a few things uh, out on our Twitter feed, uh, you know, some highlights and things like that. So you can find those. You can find them anywhere. Uh, um, check them out. I mean, like I said, he – He's the guy you want to cheer for, uh, for sure. There's no doubt about it. And and he was gracious enough to join us today. So we really appreciate it. Don Jackson, Green Bay Packers. Very cool. All right. So moving on here to our lead story of the week. And as always, that's brought to you in part by FanDuel. We here at the Coach & Cole Show have partnered with our friends at FanDuel. If you've never tried FanDuel before, now's your chance to get in on the fun and support the Coach & Cole Show. Go to either our Facebook page or our Twitter feed and click the link that we have posted that will bring you to the FanDuel homepage where you can sign up. You only have to deposit as little as $10 to start, and depending on what contest you enter, you can double, triple, quadruple, or even quintuple that in one contest on FanDuel. And by clicking our link we have provided, FanDuel will kick back a couple bucks to help us pay for you, pay for us bringing you this show free on a weekly basis. So if you're new to FanDuel, get over to our pages and click that link. Woo, that is a mouthful. It's a mouthful, man. That is a mouthful. But hey, we got to be. Are they going to pay people deal. to listen to
2: the show? They're gonna.
1: That's they're gonna. Like. They're gonna pay us. I. I pff, they're gonna. <laughs> hey, <laughs> the, the, the the gist of it is here, Cole. If if they click the link, and sign up for FanDuel, yep. FanDuel is yeah. going to help us out. They're going to help us out. So gotcha. in turn, our listeners are helping the show, and at the same time, they could they can make a little money themselves. So it's a win-win situation. Check it out, out, FanDuel.com. All right. We're, we're lead so Lead story poor. this week. We are. We are. We need some help, people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lead story this week, and and, and it's been a big yeah. topic throughout the week. Is is resting players in the NBA? All right. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's take it for the from the top before we really get into our opinions on this because this okay. really blew up recently after the Cleveland Cavaliers rested the big three in a nationally televised game against the LA Clippers Uh go, you know, and, and here's the thing, Golden State also had done this. Other teams have done it. Of course the Spurs have done it for the season, but it's becoming more and more popular tactic that, that coaches and teams are taking in an effort to keep their players healthy. So, so Cole, I'm going to have you start on this situation. I, I want you to kind of, you know, go through this. Give us your opinion on this whole resting NBA players thing because we're going to talk about this at length. So, Cole, why don't you go ahead and, and start us off?
2: Okay. Um, I don't even know where to start with this. Really, the Cavaliers they they rested one player that game, like straight up just rested him. Was LeBron uh, Kyrie? has injuries. Uh, Kevin Love just came back from injury. So there's they were on the injury report. So that's technically not a rest, uh, if you want to get to semantics on that one. Um, and the reason why it's a big deal is because it was on Saturday night, and it was against the Clippers, and it wasn't some Tuesday night game against who's a bad team, uh, the Wolves. I don't know why I said the Wolves are my team. I don't even know why I said that. They're not bad. They're probably the best team in the NBA, but the record just doesn't show it. Um, against like the 76ers or something. Like if they them against the Sixers, no one would care. But it was a nationally televised game against the Clippers on Saturday night. So everyone goes crazy. And LeBron said it. Pop has been doing this for years. Nobody cares. And as soon as LeBron rests, it's, the worst thing in the world, and everybody deserves their money back. Pop does it, and it's because it's San Antonio. Nobody cares. Nobody's, like, for years, their whole cliche, like, fans cliche of San Antonio Spurs, but they're a boring team. Nobody wants to watch them. NBA Finals against the Pistons was one of the worst watched finals. Um, Golden State doing it. They did it. Uh, again, a nationally televised game Saturday night on ABC or whatever hell that channel it was, um, Kawhi Leonard was out due to a concussion, and then Pop rested Aldridge, and then KD was out, obviously, and then Kerr rested the other big three of Dre, Clay, and Steph.
1: Yeah, so I mean, and, Cole, basically what you're saying is that the fe- this got overblown because it was LeBron.
2: I... Th- think that's a huge part of it because I get a little bit why the fans would be upset that I just bought a ticket for you know however many dollars to see LeBron James basically because some teams only get one game against the Cavaliers uh, to come in their their home games and you buy a ticket hoping to see the greatest player in the NBA arguably and he just straight up gets rested. I, I mean, I get it, but I don't really care. Like, and I don't think the players care. And I don't think the coaches care. I think the only people that care is the actual like top brass of the NBA. The owners don't care because the owners want to make money. How do you make money? You get to the playoffs and you win games in the playoffs. And LeBron said something along the lines of, we're not worried about winning games. We're worried about winning championships. And along those lines is you rest up for games. And we, <laughs> you and I, I don't know if anybody follows us on Twitter. Uh, if you do, you saw pretty – I'm not going to say heated, but you saw a pretty good exchange between uh, Coach and I going back and forth because we seem to be on opposite sides on this one. Um, if, if you rest players on four games and five nights, four games and six nights, back-to-backs, and if you look up interviews or whoever on on teams getting information from their trainers and the medical staff, the trainers and medical staff they don't look at specific. Oh, it's a marquee game. Resting for this one, they just look at it's a game in this time zone, after this many games, and we got this many games coming up. Rest your players here. You have a better chance of winning the other games, and that's it. And you rest game. You rest players. And you you won't necessarily let's say you rest two weeks ago you're not gonna feel it a month from now like you said coach in in a, in in our back and forth resting doesn't necessarily like mean at the end of the season you're gonna feel more rested but you have less likely there's a less likely chance of you getting injured because when you are playing and you're extremely fatigued tired and you just keep going and going and going your body wears down faster uh i kind of i don't want to go too far off but for those of you who know i'm in the military so when we train with when i was with the marines for a little bit for like three years for a little bit i guess is three years um when we would train with them we go out to the field for like a week and then you come back for a couple of days and go up field again and blah, blah, blah. When you, at the end of the, the, that week, we are dog shit tired and it sucks. And mistakes seem to happen more and more at the end of the week. Then you come back for the weekend, rest up. And by Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're fine. you are back to where it was. And I kind of, along the same lines with this, like if you play four games in, in those six days, that fourth game, you're doing a lot of things that aren't right because your mind isn't right because you're tired and you're making mistakes on the court and your body's making mistakes and that can lead to injury. So you rest at some point in the middle. And that
1: is my point. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, we went back and forth on this on Twitter. Um, here, here's, here's my point on this. Okay. Uh, what you said is right. I mean, Obviously, if you're not playing in the game, you're not going to get hurt playing in the game. So, so, so yeah. Uh, you know, you, you said a guy he's not going to get hurt, um, and and I agree to the to the point that on a four and five nights, uh, 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 you know, a three and four nights on a back to back, there's a good chance that uh, these players are going to get fatigued faster than they normally would. That's 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 a given. I mean, we pretty much understand that. So, to sit a guy uh, in that situation, I have less of a problem with than these games that are seemingly randomly in the middle of the season. And I think Coach Popovich from San Antonio does this more than these other coaches. And, he, and he's the guy that started this whole thing. But he seems to sit guys Years on ago. random nights. Yeah, and he sits guys on random nights. Okay, And I think that's the biggest problem that everyone has with it. Now, the other side of this is, Cole, is that, you know, like, again, like you said, I mentioned before, sitting a guy a month prior to uh, the playoffs isn't directly going to have an effect on his energy levels or or his fatigue in that game, but as an accumulative effect over the amount and depending on what he had done recently, it is going to have an effect. Now the problem that the NBA is going to have, and I think, we can we can both agree that there's going to be some changes something's going to happen because you've got fans who are purchasing these tickets months in advance okay and some of these tickets are not cheap okay they're buying they are buying these tickets uh hundreds of dollars if they're taking the family okay they're spending thousands of dollars depending on where they're sitting of course but either way, I mean, you got to go to the game. You got to pay for parking. You got to pay for the pop. You got to pay for the food. You got to pay for the souvenir. If you get a shirt, there's another thirty five dollars. So I mean, this shit this shit adds up. And and so when you're taking your kid or your family to see, you know, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, and they don't play, and, and they're not hurt. Kawhi Leonard. It, well, I'm just throwing a star name out there, and and. <laughs> and and they're hurt and they're not hurt but they're not playing that's going to piss people off and and like you said um the NBA the coaches the players they don't really have a dog in this fight because if the, if the coach tells the player you're not playing tonight i guess that is that's what it is now yeah that's it now here's here's the thing the networks and the network deals that they've made with the NBA is what's going to cause a problem here because the networks feel that they're getting screwed in this deal. Okay. And that, that's mm-hmm. just the way they feel because they've paid not millions, but billions of dollars in the, and some could say that they screwed up. They paid too much and they probably did because uh, you know, reading into some other things with this whole situation with uh, the luxury taxes and the salary caps and the actual money, that's there in the NBA from, from what I've read really isn't there. And, and, you know, this TV deal for, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it was $2.6 billion that ESPN ABC paid uh, the NBA to televise these games. Um, That's, that's going to be an issue because when the stars don't play, the ratings aren't there. And so mm-hmm. they lose money from their advertisers and so on and so on and so on. So you have a, 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 a ripple effect here and it just keeps going down the line. And so there's going to have to be something done. Um, what's your response to our old friend Chuck's comments on this? He says, and I quote, these guys are showing the fans no respect. When the fans, ne- what the fans need to do is say, y'all not playing, then we're not coming to the game and we're not going to watch the game either what are your thoughts on on his saying and and he goes on they aren't flying commercial like us old guys did we played 82 games four games and five nights and we flew commercial these guys fly private and now they still need to rest (laughs) you gotta be kidding me
2: okay Uh, so what
1: are are your thoughts on this whole thing because chuck is not on the player's side let me tell you
2: he's never on the player's side
1: he's because he's on the side
2: of Back in the old days, it was better. Back in the old days, it was harder. Get off my lawn, you young kids. I'm an old dude. You know why it was harder and tougher back then? Because people weren't smarter, and they're smarter now. And they know that, hey, we should rest players. Hey, we should eat this food. Hey, we should take this flight. Because they're smarter, Chuck. Congratulations, you had it tougher because you guys were dumber. What does that prove? That doesn't prove anything. Um, As far as the fans... Like if they were to not show up, I don't think LeBron cares that no one showed up to a game that he's not playing in. I don't think any of these coaches care because they're going to show up for the finals. They're going to show up for the playoffs because that's when they're playing. The NBA doesn't schedule back-to-backs in the playoffs. Why is that? Because they know it's stupid, but they schedule them during the season, and then teams opt to not play certain players in back-to-backs. It's Fix the schedule and you'll, you'll fix the majority of this problem.
1: Yeah, and speaking of that, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, this week, he addressed this this whole issue. He, he sent out all 32 teams a league-wide memo regarding this whole situation. Um, seven minutes after Cleveland announced that they were sitting the big three, the league got a hold of the general manager, David Griffin. He said, and I quote, yeah, they weren't happy. I feel bad for the league. I really do. But it is what it is for us from an injury standpoint. We literally had one guy rest tonight and everybody else was reasonably injured. I don't feel like we did anything terribly egregious. Um, the the criticism that Cleveland got out of this deal was, is that they shouldn't have sat LeBron in this game. They should have waited till the following night when they played the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, uh, Adam's Adams, before you get into that, Cole, Adam Silver said in this memo, he said, it's an extremely significant issue for our league. He said, uh, he warned teams of significant penalties for teams that don't abide by the league's current rules for providing proper notice to the league's office, their opponent, and the media. And we saw that, I think it was last night with Phoenix, or the night before, where uh, the center, Alan Williams, he he was in the lineup, and then he didn't play. And they didn't announce anything. They didn't say anything. So he sat on the bench dressed and didn't play. So I'm not sure what happened there, if it was a some other sort of issue there. $1.4 billion is what ESPN pays the NBA. I, I said 2.6. It's 1.4. Um, okay, so... Colt, uh, Silver addressed it, said that they're going to look at this at and, and April's NBA Board of Governors meeting in New York City. Um, maybe the the Cavaliers should have just waited the night and sat him against the Lakers. You were going to jump on and say something on that. I I don't know. Obviously, he needed the rest. Ra- I don't know. What What do you think on that?
2: I'm um, I'm just assuming that because they they have a back to back in LA, so they're obviously going to just stay in LA. Um, their flight probably got in that day, and the medical staff was like, "Hey, rest the guys tonight, and they have a full you know twenty four hours in l a with the time zone and everything, and like your body will adjust or what I don't know, but even if the game was flipped, I would still think that they would sit the first game just because of they're already in l a and it'd be better to just play the second game if you're gonna rest one of them." If that makes sense, because I mean they're already in LA. It's not like they're going somewhere else and then coming back to LA. Like they're they're going to just stay there anyways.
1: Right, right. I I, I think uh, you know. Yeah. What, what's up? No, no. You you got it. I I've, I've been blabbing for a while. Um.
2: No, I totally blanked on it. Um.
1: <laughs> crap. I don't know. What were you going to say? Well, well anyways, I mean, it's, it's a huge issue. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, you had other guys weighing on this. You had Carl uh, Malone weighing on this. Carl Malone sucks. He, he says, if you don't have at least 10 years experience, get your ass playing. It's not work. It's called playing. Tell our underpaid Ooh, service members and police and first responders to rest because they can't. Again, I see the point here you're getting paid millions of dollars to play a fricking game. The players should play. And the other hand, Cole, I see your, the the big picture here is the fact that we want our players healthy for the playoffs. Now maybe, and maybe this is really what we should be talking about here in this segment is does the NBA need to just shorten the season? Is that, is that the answer?
2: A couple of things real quick. I'll answer that question. They should, but they're not going to because of money-wise. I think what they should do is extend the season maybe two weeks on each side. So start it sooner, end it, end it later. If you start it sooner, it's not going to matter money-wise uh, with the NFL still going on because nobody pays attention till Christmas anyways. And when we had that lockout season where we only played, what, like 60-something games? And I said we like, like I'm playing, where they only played 60-something games. That was perfect. But they're not going to do that because there's too much money involved in 82 games. Uh, One more thing with them being paid millions of dollars, because you saying that triggered it my brain. um, I saw something, like everybody says, like, oh, they're playing a kid's game. You know, it's it's just a game they need to get out there and play. Like, this is their job. It's not a kid's game where you're getting paid millions of dollars to do it. Just because you played it as a kid doesn't mean you're you're playing it now. You used to do a lot of things as a kid that you don't get paid to do it now. Uh, a lot of stuff in school that you did. You're not getting paid to do it now. These people are getting paid millions of dollars and they're getting paid millions of dollars to win. At the end of everyone's career, you look at how many rings they have. Everyone does it. I think it's stupid, but everyone does it. You, you, judge a player based on the rings, based on how much they've won. You don't judge a player like, hey, did he rest five games in the middle of the season for no reason? No, he's only got two rings. He's obviously not as good as the guy who's got three rings. It's just the way it is. So if you're going to judge someone off winning, then let these players, let these teams figure out ways on ways to have their team win the best way that they can
1: Exactly. Um, it's, I, I you know, I, it is If though. I were to pick a side, Cole, I'm going to say get them boys out there and play. That that that's just my opinion because you, the fans are this whole the fans are what drive the whole league, and and the networks are also what drives the whole league. And if you got mad networks and you got mad fans, you're going to have a problem. Um, are they really going to boycott the NBA because the guy didn't play in no. one game? I don't think so. No, they're not going to do that. But are the ratings going to continue to dwindle a little bit in the regular season? Because basically what you're telling us here is is that the regular season really doesn't matter long as you finish one through eight in your conference. The regular season doesn't really matter. And that's a problem because it's an 82-game season and it's a long stretch. And you mentioned uh, adding some weeks before and at the end. Adam Silver did come out and say that they are going to remove a week from preseason and uh, start games a week earlier to spread that schedule out. So we'll see if that helps because I think to eliminate some of these three and four night, four and five night back to backs, I think that's going to help because if you don't have these guys, you know, playing these games and then some, some of these games go into overtime. So then, then, you know, I mean, that's, that's another issue in itself. And so I think if you can eliminate some of them back to backs um I think that A teams won't have as much of a problem not resting their players because there's time in between and what they what they're going to what they should do Cole is not rest them play them like 20 minutes That's Play them 15 play 15 before. 20 minutes
2: I saw that and I I don't agree with that because it's not just the game it's the whole preparation of it and I saw uh-huh. something along the lines of what you just said and it's like, hey, why don't you just rest Kyrie tonight or rest two of them tonight and play LeBron and rest, you know, Kevin Love and LeBron this night and play Kyrie. Like, you still win. Like, the point is that you have the best percentage of winning, which is playing all three of them, obviously. So you just eliminate one game completely and say, yeah, we can take the loss this game as long as we're winning these other games. And if you you spread LeBron for on a back-to-back, him, playing him for 15 minutes, like – there's no point. It's not going to do him anything. It's, right. it's not going to help as he far as the game win.
1: Right, right, exactly. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, with and it. That's, that's still for the fans.
2: Oh, I got to see LeBron for 15. Like, People are still going to be upset at that.
1: Yeah, it's true. But at least they can say that he played. We'll see how this goes <laughs> going forward. <laughs> I mean,. <laughs> Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see because I I know that there's going to be some changes made. They're going to, they're going to crack down on this because bottom line, yeah. NBA needs that money from the network. And if the network's saying we need your stars playing in our games, then that's the way it's going to be. I mean, just flat out. And if they don't, they're going to get fined or they're going to get suspended, whatever they're going to do, they're going to put down some penalties. Um, the other thing b- before we move on, the other thing that I did see was uh, these networks. Now they only, they only target, the teams from the big markets or the top tier teams. So mm-hmm. another solution would be, Hey, on these back to back three and four night, you know, quote unquote marquee games. Why don't you don't put some them. other teams on? Why don't you put some different teams on? Because, yeah. you know, that that's, that's the thing. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't it be smart not to schedule
2: a back to back on like a marquee night game? Like don't put, the Cavs and the the Warriors on a back to like one of them on a back to back when they play each other on that Saturday, when you know it's going to be a big time game, like don't, don't do that. Like if you're going to do back to back do them in the middle of the week where they're not going to be on TV.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's another part of it. Absolutely. All right. That was a good discussion there. Moving on to the NFL and some, I should say back to the NFL. We talked a little bit about it with Don Jackson earlier on the show. But we're going to talk about this whole NFL update, what's kind of going on in the league. Big talk right now, Cole, about Colin Kaepernick. He's in the news uh, not because he's been signed by an NFL franchise, but because he donated 50,000 dollars to the Meals on Wheels program, and he donated that 50,000 dollars a night ap- uh, excuse me, a day after he was ripped by Donald Trump at a rally where Donald Trump said something along the lines of the, the reason that Colin Kaepernick isn't signed to an NFL franchise is because they don't want an angry tweet from Donald Trump. <clears throat> okay. We won't get into Mr. Trump, but a lot of people are still ripping this guy saying the only reason that he's donated to meal on wheels is to try to get signed. And I think it's freaking ridiculous, first of all, because he has a history of donating to different charities, different foundations, and different programs before he was a free agent. Okay, so it's not like this guy just all of a sudden did it. I also seen individuals saying that Colin Kaepernick is, is only doing this as far as a PR stunt uh, excuse me, not stunt, but a PR move to try to get signed. Um, I disagree with that because, again, like I just said, he has been doing this before. And Cole, I think we have sort of addressed this past during football season when it was going on. Okay. The guy takes a knee during the national anthem. All right. And it's the biggest thing in the world because he's making a protest, you know, uh, towards something that he felt passionate about. Now, whether or not you agree with his choice in protest, that's part of being an American, that's part of living in the United States, that you have the ability to protest. You have a right to protest in any way you uh, deem necessary, as long as it's not violent or uh, directly affecting another person's living. Uh, You know living as far as If you're hurting somebody else whatever Okay so as long as you're not Defacing property you're not You know punching some dude in the face You're you're not kicking Some guy in the nuts whatever you You know whatever you're doing as long as it ain't Violent Yeah as long as it ain't violent You have a right to do it but For some reason The fact that he did that Is basically vilified Him until eternity and, and before I let you comment on this Cole, Joe Thomas offensive tackle Cleveland Browns, right from Wisconsin he's been taken to Twitter yeah. on this situation. He's put a poll out on his Twitter, and the poll's got over five thousand votes right now. There's sixteen hours left. The question is what is playing a bigger factor into Colin Kaepernick's current unemployment the the The, the two questions or the two uh choices are anthem protest declining. Production, And I'm going to vote, okay, 52% say it's declining production. Okay, be that as it may, what? which I don't agree with, but anyways, yeah. be that as it may, Joe Thomas goes on to say, teams don't currently view him as a starting quarterback, and NFL teams accept zero distractions from their backup quarterbacks. I love the people who keep naming quarterbacks that are not in the NFL, despite being in the prime of their careers. And he's not bashful. He's tagging Mr. Kaepernick in all these tweets. So, Cole, your opinion on this, why is Colin Kaepernick still unsigned? Uh, <laughs> not because
2: he's not good. Um, last year, played on the one of the worst teams. That team sucked, the 49ers, and he put up some pretty good stats on that shitty-ass team. Um... And who knows how much money he's asking for uh, to be signed for uh, to be a quarterback. Is he declining to be a backup? Who knows? Uh, Because there's, what, like four teams that need a quarterback, Denver and Houston, uh, the 49ers, obviously. And then there's got to be one more out there.
1: Well, you could say Kansas City, but they got Alex Smith, so I don't know.
2: But I think Denver and Houston are both waiting on Romo. I think once Romo falls, I think Kaepernick will find a, a place, hopefully. Uh, he's not a bad quarterback. He's pretty good. He's, I want to say, top 25-ish. <laughs> and that sounds kind of bad, but a top 25 NFL quarterback isn't, isn't bad, actually.
0: Um,
2: as far as the protesting thing, people see protests. And they tell, people to, they tell people how to protest. They say you should do it this way. You should do it without violence. You should do it with just words. You should do it this way, this way, this way. And then he silently just kneels for a few games before anybody even notices anything. Then he gets a question about it, and then it blows up. And now all of a sudden it's, he shouldn't have done it. Like how, how do you want people to protest? I mean you can't do it this way, you can't do it that way. How do these people expect It The reason why he's not getting signed is because I don't I really don't know. I don't want to say it, but I kind of want to say it.
1: I don't, well, I don't I, I think we know. I I think the... we both know. It and that's why. It, it they don't and Joe Thomas, I guess maybe he's right in what he said. If a team's going to sign a backup quarterback, they don't want to have any problems. No PR news for a backup quarterback. It's a distraction, and he's probably right. Now the whole thing is, is I disagree with the statement that he's a backup quarterback. Okay, we saw what. Yeah, we saw what he did to Green Bay in the playoffs. They made the Super Bowl with this guy. So you mean to tell me he's not capable of playing in the NFL? I mean, Paul's good God, been but...
2: dropped off in two years.
1: Yeah, and, and 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 when Chip Kelly didn't tell him to hand the ball off 55 times in a game to a to, uh, below-average running back when Carlos hides out with no offensive line, uh, when he actually ran the offense like it was supposedly ran, I mean, which that whole situation boggles my mind as it is. Anyway, when, when they actually let Kaepernick do his thing, they had success. They were beating New England, the Super Bowl champions, going into halftime. And then they decided, we don't need this game. We're going to run the ball every play, no matter what the situation is in the second half.
2: Well, it was so, a tank job.
1: 100%. 100%. And it's just unfortunate because it made him look bad. And and, and, and let's face it, you know, we, we both kind of had our eye on him due to fantasy purposes that were both, you know, really into fantasy, and because of that, we paid attention to him. And we talked about him a lot on the show. And he he's not as bad as what people are portraying. He has talent. He's extremely mobile. We know that. He could run. He could definitely help a team. And, and I don't know. I don't know, you know. And if, what,
2: if you... If you can honestly tell me, if you watch him play and you kept up with him this last season, and you can say that he's a bad quarterback, probably going to call you a racist because uh, he's not a bad quarterback. <laughs> he just happens to be a black quarterback, and historically black quarterbacks are on a shorter leash than any white quarterback.
4: Who the hell did the Bears just, just sign?
1: Uh, Mark Sanchez. Mike Glennon, and Mike, Mike Glennon.
2: Mark, uh, Mike Glennon and Mark Sanchez, you're telling me Kaepernick isn't better than those guys and those guys get signed for Glennon got signed for like millions and millions of dollars. You're telling me that he's better than Colin Kaepernick? No.
1: No, I don't think so. I I don't think so. Not at all.
2: People don't want to deal with the circus that Not that he will create, but that the people around
1: will create because of him.
2: Media and the fans. The fans. You saw it last year. A lot of fans protested him protesting. Uh, Media likes to jump on in it, and then you'll get the the angry tweet from Trump. Ooh, that's gonna that's gonna scare away some guys probably. I think there are teams that want him. But are hesitant to take him at this moment.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think he, I think he ends up somewhere. I just I think like you said, I think you're onto something there by saying once Romo goes somewhere, yeah, um, and some things calm down, and it could even be after the draft. Once teams are situated with their, you know, they're in their situation, and if a team still has a need at quarterback, they're going to sign this guy. Um, Adrian Peterson. Okay, he is taken to Twitter yesterday and he has said. You can't believe everything you read or hear, people. The last thing I'm worried about is playing ball this coming season. That will happen. It's not all about the money, as everyone is speculating. You'd think these analysts spoke to me directly. When you don't know what's going on, people will say anything to create or make a story. How prideful is that for me to put out? I won't play for anything less than $8 million, but see, when you don't know a person or what they stand for, it's easy to paint your own picture. Unfortunately, this is the world we live in. So here's something straight from the horse's mouth. Finding the best fit in helping a team in a major way win a championship is my main objective. I'm in no rush. Let me eliminate questions or speculations as to why I believe wholeheartedly my God will land me right where I need to be to accomplish what I've asked from him, period. Interesting because wow. that has been uh you know what has been circulating in the media is that he wants upwards of twelve million dollars a year, so on and so forth. He's he said eight million. I saw stuff over over ten, ten, twelve million. Um he's denying that. Um so uh, there were reports that he was going to visit with Green Bay. That didn't happen, according to what I've just recently seen. Um, I've seen something that Green Bay will wait. Uh, I, there, there was a, some sort of landmark date that Green Bay is going to wait until to bring him in. Um, I don't know what that means or anything, but he didn't go there. And he's still a free agent. And we talked about him last week on the show, where he's going to go. Um, I don't know Cole we, we don't have a whole lot of time to talk about him but what do you make of that whole statement there that he put out on Twitter
2: uh, well he said he's not worried about the money but then he, he also said he's not playing for anything less than 8 million so that's just kind of contradictory I um, also appreciate him putting God in there because you know God is going to be putting him on a team um, I, <laughs> like we said last week I don't think there's a lot of teams that fit a need or, or that need a, a player like Adrian Peterson, a workhorse running back that's going to cost them apparently at least $8 million a season. Um, and you don't pay $8 million a season to a guy that you're not going to be giving the ball to a majority of the time. Well, there's not a lot of teams that need a one-back running back. So
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to hard to uh, speculate if that was sarcastic, the eight million, or if that was a serious sentence. There, um, that's the problem uh, about texting or Twitter or whatever. But, but yeah, he, you need he threw college. out eight million. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta somehow quote that as far as somebody else saying. Um, Cole, do you want to touch on this whole Troy Vincent, uh, this whole thing about the instructional video for celebrations, real quick?
2: I'll get into it real quick. Troy um, okay. Vincent, the uh, vice president of the NFL, uh, says the competition PA, The NFL PA, right?
1: Is he the NFL PA? Or is he the NFL? He
2: might be. I don't know. I think
1: I think he's with the NFL PA. He's the VP of PA. Okay. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry.
2: Either way. Um, they're exploring options to take dangerous hits out of the game uh, by way of objections and suspensions. And then they also put out. Uh, that they're putting together an instructional video for celebrations on, which, on what celebrations you can and can't do, which is very important in today's NFL, because if you celebrate the wrong way, that's just you're shaping the youth of America, and kids are going to be celebrating in all the wrong ways, and it's just going to be terrible, and we're all going to hell.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... Eh. I, it seems a little line. ridiculous. Roger Goodell come out and said that it's not an important issue that they need to be worrying about. I think what the whole gist of this is, is that, uh, A, the NFL wasn't consistent in their penalizing of certain celebrations, and, B, I think it was a, a poke or a jab at the NFL is is the way I'm seeing this because, they're saying, well, we don't know what's right and what's wrong as far as celebrations go, and you're taking all the fun out of the game. So we're going to come out with an instructional video, basically kind of, you know, like I say, jabbing at them, and 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 saying, okay, we're going to put out a celebrational video so our guys, so the players know how to celebrate. I don't know, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Either way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, LeBron James versus Levar Ball. Okay, so here's Levar Ball. We're we're again talking about Levar Ball. Oh, wouldn't it be? Uh, basically, in a nutshell, here LeBron's had enough of of LeBron. Uh, LeBron blah, 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 too many loves. LeBron James has finally had enough of Levar Ball, and of course, you all know the father, Alonzo Lamelo. Earlier this month, he told uh, media that he believes his son is better than not just LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, but he is the best player in the world. Yes. Better than all of the all-stars. It seems to me, Cole, that he just kind of says anything he can to draw attention on himself. He also claims that back in his day, he would kill Michael Jordan one-on-one. <clears throat> Give me a break. We, we mentioned that last week. He said Lonzo is better than Steph Curry. Uh, he said a million things we could talk about. But LeBron had enough, and and for once, I'm on his side this time. Uh, a lot of times I'm not on LeBron James' side, but in this situation I am. He says, Later. keep my kid's name out of your mouth. Keep my family out of your mouth. This is dad to dad. It's a problem now. Um, I think we both can see that this probably ain't over because – Mr. Ball just doesn't really know how to shut up. He just keeps going and going and going. So I can assume that at some point, he's going to say something back towards LeBron. But, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, obviously it's pretty ridiculous. The the whole comment that, that LeBron was upset over wasn't the fact that he said his son was better than him because I think that's just ridiculous. But he said that his son's we're in a better position to succeed than LeBron James' sons. And I think that's what upset LeBron. Um, does LeBron have a right to be upset about his comments?
0: Uh, Probably,
2: since he's talking about his kids now, which I feel like he could say whatever he wanted to say about LeBron, and he would have been okay with it. Yeah. Uh, hashtag LeVar says that he beat up Muhammad Ali
1: what he said that
2: hashtag levarball says that uh you can duck from the three point line
1: what he said that
2: hashtag uh lavarball says that he can throw football over the mountains
1: he didn't say that did he
2: <laughs> hashtag uh lavarball says <laughs> I can't think of any more <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the first one I thought I thought he really said that. I mean, no, he didn't say any of those. Well, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised because the guy just says random things to. He I don't just know. Says stuff just to say stuff. Is it? I mean, is is it? I don't know. That's the thing. It's hard to. I think if he's if he's intelligent, he's saying these things to keep himself in the media and to keep himself and right. his sons relevant. But is that really it? I mean, or is this guy just that type of person who's just like you know go- you know never shuts up and just says just outlandish stuff and truly believes it
2: uh, I think it I think he sees what has been going on the last couple of years- I don't know how long, but the media and just the way that our media system works is you can say. Crazy shit, and then your name will be put on the front page of whatever you want it to be on, and regardless of like what you think of our president, but that's how our, the president first started out, and that's how his pretty much his whole campaign was ran, was just saying crazy shit, and then people just followed it, and yeah, that's I mean that's what the Ball is doing. He's just saying a bunch of crazy shit. And I think maybe he's kind of tricking himself into believing it, like kind of like a sociopath, where at first he knows he's lying and he's just saying stuff just to get his brand and his kids out there. But now he's kind of believing it because he's getting this whole limelight. He's being on all these shows now.
1: I'm wondering if he's ever going to get a show,
2: like where he can just say crazy shit.
1: But I can see it coming. I can see it coming. I can see it coming. I never thought of that, but yep, yep it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Did you see him and Stephen A on uh, first take or whatever it was? I
2: will never watch that, but I did see it on Twitter.
1: Oh, I just saw like
2: God. a clip of it.
1: I mean, they're going back I and watched forth. It
2: about, like, yeah, it was terrible.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, talking over each other. And it 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 was just ridiculous. And And watching it, listening to him, it's like he really believes it. So maybe you got a point there. Maybe it's maybe it's some sociopathic thing. I mean, again, he's got his name in the news and it's something we feel it's worth talking about on our show. It's being talked about all over the nation. So I mean, hey, if that's his that if that's his prerogative, then he's he's doing it. So I don't know. Hey. I, I'm on LeBron's side.
2: Hashtag LeVarball says that he can swim faster than Michael Phelps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> again like it's funny because i i don't i think that he probably would say it <laughs> you know i mean i, mean, I, I really might. I, I don't know all right that's enough of our ball let's move on yeah uh like we talked about it to start the show it's march madness ncaa tournament Ooh. time we're down to the elite eight and we've got a guest on the show again he joined us uh not last week, but the week before. Am I right? Two You're weeks ago. That? Two weeks yep. ago. Uh, Gulf Coast Media Newspapers' Michael Hannock, But he's, he's going to join us right after you give us a little bit of a recap to kind of set the stage here on what happened in the Sweet 16 because since the last time we broadcasted, it was before the tournament had started. And so we really haven't gotten to throw our takes out there on what really happened in the tournament thus far. So, Cole, what did you want to touch on before we bring Mike on?
2: Uh, I'm going to just recap the Sweet 16 for everyone real quick, but I just want to recap one game from the round of 32. That was South Carolina over my Duke Blue Devils. Um, I didn't tweet anything out. I did, I did tweet out, like, I feel sick, and that was in the second half. But I just want to say, at halftime, I knew this shit was going to happen because South Carolina was shooting, like, 12%, and they were only down two, and that's not a good – recipe for success there their physicalness really got in the heads of duke uh their de- their defense is super good obviously we we can see that now uh but duke was worried about the the fouls they were worried about the refs uh they were looking for calls that they were like trying to like get calls that weren't going to be there it was it was bad but by the end of the game i was already okay with it cuz South and i just just beat us anyways Sweet sixteen recap Thursday.
0: <laughs>
2: the team of Tell Destiny, you really feel. Michigan. <laughs> I feel fine. Uh, right. Michigan, they got beat by one uh, by Oregon. Their their Cinderella stories no more. Uh, that was first round. We had some really shitty games, but since then, the the better teams had have, have won. That in that first round, so we've gotten better games as the tourney has went on, and as we can see just this last couple of days, the games have been really good. Uh, number one seed, Gonzaga, squeaks by West Virginia. West Virginia number four, because West Virginia doesn't know what the hell to do with 30 seconds left. I don't know how many <laughs> people watch that. The the kid threw up three shots, and the, the his teammates just kept giving him the ball. It was so bad. And each time he shot it, they got farther and farther back. His next shot <laughs> was going to come from half court. <laughs> um, I did not see this game. Xavier, number 11, beat number two. Apparently, they ended the game on a night o run. I didn't watch that one. I did text my brother before those games started. And if I need to tweet out proof, I'll do it. I still have the text. Uh, I said that. Purdue and Kansas was going to be the only blowout. The rest of the game should be pretty good. So I was right on that one, folks, because I'm super smart. Uh, on Friday, <laughs> yesterday, uh, South Carolina continued their run. They beat number three, Baylor, who I told you I didn't trust. It just happened to be around later than I thought uh, by 20. It was like 70 to 50, I believe. Pretty bad game. Uh, Kentucky, number two, gets payback from their loss earlier in the season. They beat UCLA. Bonzo Ball, a little underperformance there. Where, where the hell were you on that one, LaVar? Um, what's his face? Aaron Fox. He killed it. He was crazy that game. Uh, but the game of the tournament, I want to say so far, I'm glad I stayed up to watch it, was number eight, Florida, beating number four, Wisconsin, in overtime. So time is winding down in the fourth quarter. Wisconsin has the ball. Uh some kid from Wisconsin, one of the white kids, one of the seventeen white kids on the team, um, hits kind of like a floater <laughs>
0: like a floating runner
2: uh from three, tied it up and uh then he, he does the belt because Aaron Rodgers is in, is in the stand. He does his his, his uh double discount double check yeah, belt content. Aaron Rodgers. Everyone loves it. It's great. Uh, But then in overtime, Wisconsin hits two free throws to go up by two, and Florida has to take the ball out underneath the basket, and their little point guard, I forget his name, is like Charzario, sounds like a Pokemon. Not that I played that, I just know the names of some of them because, you know, everyone knows them. (laughs) Um, And he runs the length of the court in like four seconds and hits like a legit floater from three-point land and doesn't even hit the rim. And that was it for Wisconsin. And for all the Wisconsin fans out there, that sucks. I mean, that (laughs) senior class has been through so much shit. They lost to Duke in the national championship, which was great for me. I loved it. Probably my favorite one. They lost to Notre Dame on, on like, a late shot. They lost to some other team. I think it was last year. Maybe it was – well, When they got beat by Kentucky, they got beat by Kentucky, too, and on a pleasure beater by one of the Harrison twins, who actually, yep. in the NBA now, they conformed. They're all they're just one person. And then they got <laughs> beat last night by Florida. They just can't catch a break, Wisconsin. No, no,
1: a, they can't. Sweet 16 recap.
0: Yeah, oh,
2: yeah,
1: I liked it. I liked it. And, and we're going to dive into this a little bit more with our, our second guest of the day, Michael Hannock, uh Gulf Coast newspaper, dot and of course our own forwardmild.com. How you doing today, Mike?
4: I'm good. How are you guys?
1: Hey, really good, really good. Good Mike. Well, thanks for joining us again and, and we wanted to have you back on to talk more NCAA tournament. And and like Cole just mentioned, you know, we we've seen we've seen some upsets this far. We we saw Michigan over Louisville, South Carolina Absolutely, over Duke. Yes. Sorry, Cole. Sorry, Cole. Uh and little... then again over Baylor and then uh, Xavier over Florida State and now Arizona. And then, you know, Wisconsin was obviously defeated last night, but they, they defeated number one Villanova. So, so Mike, I mean, just kind of talk to us a little bit about those and, and as far as, you know, what you're feeling is on this tournament as a whole because this is was kind of one that everyone kind of sensed could go this route because it seemed like, beyond the first one and two seeds, that there was a lot of parity this year. Would you agree with that?
4: Absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll say this real quick. In the Sweet 16, my bracket has been through the shredder and through the fire multiple times. <laughs> I'm probably three for eight on picks, and that is not very good at all for me being a sports sports writer, sports analyst. Uh, actually, <laughs> I had Arizona win it at all. So, yeah, that's really fun yeah. there. Then I also had uh, West Virginia beating Gonzaga. Yeah, I was uh, about one point off if he had not been so hard-headed and got that shot off. But hey, what can you do? That
1: was yeah, a terrible I mean, it was, and it's it's been a like I say, it's been it's just been a, a weird tournament, and it seems like uh, those of you out there that are winning your your bracket pools had no idea what you were doing when you did it. So, now, this congratulations! Is people who have made
4: multiple brackets,
1: or that, yes, or that.
4: I um, promise thir- you that there is no hard evidence of someone making a one-and-done perfect bracket. I'm sorry, you got to come up with <laughs> some hard evidence on that point.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Thursday night, Kansas, you know, destroyed Purdue. Cinderella story of Michigan is over. Wisconsin has now gone in dramatic fashion, which we touched on a little bit. Um, But at first, everyone was talking up the Big Ten. You know, earlier in the week, they were talking about how underseated the Big Ten was, how great they really were. Well, now they're all eliminated. So, Mike, in your opinion, was this this really just kind of a fluky deal for the Big Ten? Or or was the Big Ten teams for real the whole time?
4: I think there were multiple great Big Ten teams. you got Purdue, um, you got Wisconsin. They both made it pretty far. Uh, Michigan did, had a tremendous season uh, before, um, during the Big Ten championship run. And then Northwestern happened to come into the tournament for the first time ever in their program history. But, I mean, I'll say this about the Big Ten, and I don't mean to make them a bad conference at all. There are a lot of good teams and ultimately I think that was the problem because the best team that the Big 10 had was Purdue and they were 27 and 8. And they had four conference losses. So and the next team was t- 27 and 10 with Wisconsin. And then the sixth best team was 24 and 12 with Northwestern. So you had a lot of you had a lot of good teams and they all just kind of tired each other out for the Big 10 uh, race. And you see a lot of different scenarios and a lot of different, like, edges of how each team played in one another. I mean, Purdue's got the best power forward um, in the game, and then Wisconsin's got great small ball when they need to. And then Michigan is actually a team that will keep up offensive pace. I mean, they won. They beat Oklahoma State by one. They beat Louisville by two, which was a great game, by the way. And then you lose to – I can't remember who they lost to – Oregon by one.
2: Oregon. So you really
4: can't – yeah. You really can't say that this is a bad conference. It's just a really good conference that has honestly just tired itself out. I mean, all these different scenarios have really made themselves so weary this whole tournament.
1: Yeah, I think you're right on that. And, you know, uh, Cole touched on this right before we we, we brought you on here. Wisconsin, that group of players has really lost some heartbreaking (laughs) games. They lose another one. Uh, last night Probably Probably the best game Of the tournament so far
4: Oh my To gosh. Florida
1: To Florida and yeah. And Mike You know What can you tell us really About this Florida team I mean did you Did you have Did you have any pro- Projection Projection there On Florida Making it this far
4: Oh uh, let's see My My one Only bracket I made this year I had them losing to Virginia In the round of 32 Not a very really mm-hmm. smart pick Of me Honestly Um this is a very talented Florida team. I mean, that last play in overtime where uh, Chris um, Shroza, I believe, I can't fully pronounce his name. Uh, I yeah. did hear you yeah. take on his name being a Pokemon name, so that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did see that when he got the ball, he drove perfectly within the players in a perfect lane, and then that amazing, I don't want to say teardrop, but it was just perfect focus and yeah. vision to the basket, I mean, this was probably a play that they had drawn up and they had run all throughout the year. So, I mean, this is a very focused Florida team. And I think that with their talent, with their coaching ability that they have, they've been to multiple uh, elite eights in the last number of years. So I think that this is a very good Florida team.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think they've surprised a lot of people because – uh, those of us who, who didn't really follow, uh, you know, the entire country as far as the NCAA ba- basketball goes, and then, you know, everyone fills out a bracket and they get to Florida, um, they read the little description, they see who they've lost to, they see who they beat, they see their RPI and yada, yada, yada. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about Florida. I mean, really, cool. I think a lot, of, a lot of people had them exiting the tournament earlier, such as yourself. And so the fact that they are where they are, is, is a testament to to like you say, I think they're a little uh underrated and we're seeing that now. And and like you said, there there's really the way they get up and down, I mean they, they are a athletic bunch and they, they can they can score. And so, you know, depending on who they match up against here going forward, it, it's they they've got a shot to go even farther than the Elite Eight, which they've already reached. Uh good stuff there. All right. Kentucky UCLA. I mean that was the game that a lot of people were really interested to see Of course, you have the whole dynamic with the Lonzo ball. Um, UCLA, really a poor showing. I thought even, you know, with three minutes to go in that game, they they weren't taking quality shots, they weren't getting good looks, and they were more concerned with pressuring the basketball, which left themselves open on the other end of the floor, and I thought they had plenty of time. What, What did you think about the performance there with UCLA? And then after that, Mike, what did you think about Lonzo Ball declaring for the NBA draft immediately after the game in the locker room.
4: Well, I'll say this. Um, I think Kentucky, I'll I'll be honest with Kentucky, I thought that they were a little underrated um, and I didn't really give them too much of a look because the South division with UCLA, Kentucky, and um, North Carolina, it's, it's a heck of a division. I mean, one, two, and three, just like that. And then, just overall, what a great bracket! But I do see that uh, I see that Kentucky actually outpaced UCLA by a wide margin, and to outpace UCLA, that's a huge like that's yeah. a huge thing to do if you're Kentucky. I mean, you really don't see Kentucky as that much of a fast-paced team. You see them more of a patient kind of an offense trying to get the plays drawn together. I mean, you've had you had your program basically revolving around DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis, two of the big, NBA's best big men. So you really feel like you would have much of a more patient offense, but actually they drained a lot of shots quickly. I mean, De'Aaron Fox had 39 points and Malik Monk had 21. I mean, those are two of the best small ball players in the league outside Kansas, of course. But I think that UCLA is definitely not really underperformed, but Kentucky, well outplayed
1: them just overall. Yeah. I yeah,
4: absolutely.
1: That. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it was interesting to me because I, I really thought UCLA would win that game. But again, like you said, they, they just, they got outpaced. They got, they got beat at their own game is basically what happened there. Kudos to Kentucky. Um, but then to touch on ball, I mean, what do you think about him declaring for the draft immediately after the game? I mean, he didn't come out and say it. The reporter asked him he answered honestly so I guess are we right to criticize him for doing that or do you think you know it was okay of him to to say yeah this is my last game at UCLA
4: I mean honestly we did kind of expect this so I'm not really shocked I mean I'm not really shocked that he said it immediately either it's just we were just kind of gonna get a 100% answer after the season and yes he's done so I mean let's face it the guy's had a great career I mean he wasn't the best scorer on the team, but he didn't need to be because he was the best assister. He was one of the best defensive players on the team as well. He accounted for 1.8 steals per game. So overall, he's just an all-around great player, and I think he'll do very well in the NBA. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna discredit Lonzo uh, because of his choices because I've, I've seen a lot of players announce early to go to the NBA. I mean, it's just that common of a thing in the NBA now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that for was sure. A, I wasn't shocked by it. I'm sorry? I wasn't shocked by it, the the fact that he did it in the locker room. I mean, we all knew that he was going to declare. But I just think that somebody people <laughs> like, oh, I can't believe he did it in the locker room like that. Like, it, What difference does it make where he does it?
4: Well, I mean, it was pretty much certain from, like, his ESPN quote on college game death. I can't remember which game. It was at Duke, North Carolina, I believe. Or well, one of those. Where they did a piece on the whole Lonzo brothers and his father. And they all literally said, I'm going to go one year and then go to the NBA. So, I mean, I'm not really yeah. shocked. They should have announced it right there.
1: <laughs>
4: yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah, agreed. So, looking at the Elite Eight here, we're down to Florida, South Carolina, Gonzaga, Xavier, Kansas, Oregon, UNC, and Kentucky, who we just talked about here. So, I'm going to post this question to both both Mike and Cole here. Um, and Cole, why don't you start us off? Out of these eight teams, who do you think's got the best chance to win the national title? Ooh, uh the best chance is kind of yeah. I mean, if you had to pick one team here as your as your pick to win the title, who you got?
2: Well, I would like to go Kentucky, but they'd have to beat North Carolina and then presumably have to beat Kansas, which is a tough matchup, and then beat whoever's on the left side of the bracket. The right side of the bracket is just so much better looking right now. Uh, but I will – I'm going to go with Kentucky.
1: Okay, and you just think that it's its their cool. time and they're on a little bit of a roll right now? Is that what you're thinking?
2: I just think that the way De'Aaron Fox is playing and I don't see – I don't see Frank Mason being able to guard him if Kansas were to move on. And obviously I think they're going to beat North Carolina. Uh so yeah
1: Okay like all right Fox. So Cole's got Kentucky, Mike, who are you thinking?
4: Uh well I definitely think the right side is actually a little more better in terms of you have Kansas, you have North Carolina, UCLA, and you have Oregon. I mean, I know they're missing their star power forward uh, Chris Bouchard. I mean, the loss of him was huge. I mean, I don't see him I don't see them having like very much rebounding ability at rim protecting. But they are still a legit team. They've actually gone a lot faster to the um, to the basket and through their uh, three-point scoring. But I think Kansas will come out on that, and they will actually be the winner of uh, North Carolina, Kentucky. So I think Kentucky, I'm sorry, Kansas will actually have a legitimate chance. I'm presuming most likely against Florida. If you want my honest opinion, I think that uh, Kansas will actually get that edge to Florida.
1: Florida, Kansas. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, and, and we just touched on Florida and how they were pretty, you know, overlooked as far as this whole tournament goes, and now there's a good chance they could be in the national championship on that side of the bracket. Uh, if I had to make a choice, guys, I think I'm going to say Kansas, too. I just think I just think they have more talent overall, top to bottom, than, than the rest of the teams, and I know Kentucky's great, and I know uh, De'Aaron Fox, like Cole, you mentioned, is is playing out of his mind and played great in that game, but I just think Top to bottom, Kansas has got to be the team with the best chance to do it. Um, and there's actually a game going on right now, isn't there, fellas? Gonzaga and yeah, there's Gonzaga, Gonzaga right? and
4: uh, Xavier.
1: Okay, so we—I don't know what the score is or anything like that. But the next time, um, actually, yeah, I and hopefully, I and hopefully, Mike, we can uh, have you again on next week and talk about uh, the results of these games and, and stuff going forward. But I think it's going to be next week. It'll be. Uh, It'll be championship, will it not?
4: Next week, uh, April first is the final four, and then April third is the national championship, so I think so.
1: Yeah, it will be not looking we, the calendar. We will have a matchup. We will have a matchup, so so that'll that'll be great looking forward to that. Um, Cole, you got any more thoughts here before we let Mike go? Uh, can't think of anything. Yeah. I mean, like I say, I mean, it's just been, it's been an interesting tournament. There's no doubt about it. Um, and, and, and it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top. I mean, these to, to to say that you had Xavier, South Carolina and Florida on the left side of your bracket at this point um, is, is pretty mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, I, I don't think we could have predicted it. And most people didn't. So who knows what's going to happen with the rest of this tournament. It's been pretty unpredictable so far. So it'll be, uh, enjoyable to say the least to to see what happens, and and hopefully Mike, you can come back again next week. Look for him on cleatgeeks.com dot com and of course on ForwardMile dot com. And, and Mike, thanks for thanks for joining us again this week. Thanks, Mike. thanks for having
4: me. Good
1: thing. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. All right. <laughs> Mike Hannick, golf Media, newspaper, Forward Mile, dot com. He's. He knows his stuff, guys. I mean, he knows his stuff on NCAA tournament. He's done. Uh, he did a, a really nice piece on Wisconsin uh, taking down Villanova uh, last week, and, and that's I, I know it's a little uh, obviously outdated at this point because Wisconsin's now down. But if you didn't get a chance to check that piece out, go ahead and check it out forwardmile.com. All right, so cool. We're we're on to a pretty cool portion of the show. Because we've been talking about yeah. this for a couple of weeks now. And one lucky listener is going to get their hands on an autographed copy of Johnny, You and Me, the man behind the Golden Arm by Johnny United Jr. And we had a contest for this. We, you know, we put it out on our social media accounts and uh, on Twitter and on Facebook. On Twitter, of course, you had to retweet like retweet and make sure you like our page or excuse me follow on on twitter and then of course on facebook it was a it was a like a share and a like the page and and we didn't want just any joe schmoe to come through share like you know how that happens on social media and then end up walking away with a with a johnny you and me signed autograph book if they hadn't listened to the show and if they weren't somebody who enjoyed the interview we had with johnny nice jr so we didn't want to do that so we, we had a keyword that we threw out last week. And good thing you remembered, because we go through the entire show, and I've got plans to give this keyword out numerous times throughout the show. And I had, it was planned out perfectly because we, we were talking about Louisville in the NCAA tournament part of the show. And that was when I was going to do it. But completely forgot, the keyword was, of course, Louisville, like I just said, because Johnny Unitas went to the University of Louisville and played college football. And so that was our keyword. There were some people who were sending messages in that were just guessing, you know, throwing random words out there. Golden arm, you know, uh, uh, things of that nature, just tossing words out there. Well, that that didn't work out. So some
2: guy, some guy, messaged me, just said the word butthole. I don't know what that was all about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, that wasn't the keyword. I mean, good guess. I thought the golden arm was a good guess uh Colts, yeah. uh, Baltimore, there was a few, you know, but that, that wasn't uh wasn't, wasn't the right keyword. It was Louisville. And so we really weighed a lot on the people who sent us Louisville because they listened to the show and we want to reward you for listening to our show. And thank you for supporting us here at the coach and Cole show blog talk radio. And I know Cole, before we, 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 announce who's won this book and we will contact you um after we announce this to make sure that you get your copy but cole me yeah yeah cole you wanted to tell our listeners something about uh let them know a little something about if we get over the the 200 likes on facebook you're gonna give somebody a t-shirt
2: right oh yeah so the thing is where where are we at right now Let, let me look at our uh, our page here, Coach and Cole Show, let's see, page, where we're at. We are at 193 likes, so 193 followers on Facebook. So I want us to get over 200, and then from that 200, if, if you can message us, telling us, if you follow us, if you get a friend to follow us, have them message us, And tell them, and like put your name in. So, let's say Billy tells Steve to follow us. So, Steve follows us. Steve would message us saying, hey, Billy uh, told me to follow you guys. So, you're going to take him in in their message. And then we could put those names in. And then from those names, we'll give a t-shirt away.
1: Yeah. So, if we get over 200 likes, we're going to give a t-shirt away to a listener. So, let's get there. I mean, we're seven away. We're going to get there you know but as soon as we get there if you uh give give us a, a message saying that you referred someone to like the show we'll uh throw you guys in a hat and send you a t-shirt so pretty cool all right so let's let's get on with this let's get on with this we're talking Johnny you and me autograph copy from Johnny Unitas Jr the uh the suspense has got to be killing people right i mean they're just it's just ridiculous right now killing me it's killing you. So here we go. We're gonna we're gonna pull this out of a hat here. Uh, uh. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I dropped it. <laughs> God dang it. Ho- hold on here. Do it again. Yep. Yeah. What are you doing? All right, the winner of the Johnny, You, and Me autographed copy by Johnny Unitas Jr. is Chris Kinn. Chris Kinn. Ooh. Okay, so Chris, we are going to contact you uh, via Facebook. You were somebody who liked, shared, liked the page, I believe you already liked the page, but you liked and shared, and you sent us the keyword Louisville. And so we drew your name. You are going to win this autograph copy. We're going to contact you, and we're going to find out how we've got to get you this book. So congratulations, and and hopefully in the future, we can have a few more of these of these drawings uh, for some other stuff. And, and so very cool. Chris Kinn, you're going to get yourself an autograph copy of Johnny, you and me. Very cool. All right, Cole, we're a little ahead of schedule here to close the show, which is which is weird hey, for us questions. because, yeah, yeah, what you got? Uh, can you check? Do we
2: have a caller? I think we might have a caller. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, interesting. We we have we have somebody there. Um, Cole, you did you want to talk about? Uh, right now you you're posing the question of uh, could a D3 men's team beat the Yukon women's team Ooh. I mean what are your what, what are your what are your thoughts on that
2: I saw it on Twitter and I just thought that the uh the exchanges between people were just pretty interesting uh I mean the the size difference is Huge. You look at an average D three men's team, and there's like five guys that are over six five. And on UConn, there's only two. There, there's two. I think there's six six. They're both six six. Like the size difference is just huge, and not even just the length, but like the weight nope. is different. The men's team is just bigger. I would, and I don't want to. Say that oh, it's because they're girls. Like, I just, just the physicality of it is just different. I, I would have to go with the men's team. It's not like these, like these, Can you... the what's up? What the hell's going on oh. over there?
1: <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> about that.
2: What just happened?
1: I died and all, I just came in and out of it. Uh, continue with what you're saying. <laughs>
2: Anyways, that was weird. Uh, I would have to go with the men's team just because the size difference. And it's not like the men's team would be bad. I get that they're D3, but D3, you take a, a kid from D3, and he would be the best team at any YMCA that you go to. Um, and it's like they don't play together. I mean, this would be a team that it's not just a bunch of kids that we put together. Right. I'd go with the men's team.
1: It, it's it, it's interesting, right? It's like that whole Alabama thing. We talked about that before, these yeah. fantasy games. It's hard to say. Um, you know, UConn women really have themselves a, a program there. And so now that, know, they're obviously...
2: Diana Taurasi team? I don't know. Yeah. I might have to go with Taurasi on that
1: one. She
2: was ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well... Like I said, we're, we're a little earlier than we normally are at this point in the show, which is good. And let's get to our questions for Cole right now. And so, Cole, let's get these out of the way. Number one, and a lot of people enjoy this whole segment because I ask you some off-the-wall stuff. He has no prior knowledge to these five questions. And these are off the cuff and off the top of his head. So we're going to go ahead and ask him right now, Cole, are you a bottled water guy or are you a tap water guy?
2: I go with bottled water. It's safer. As long as you recycle.
1: Ooh, yeah. I got to recycle. Got to recycle. Okay. Number two. Uh, We talked a little bit about this earlier in the show, but Lonzo Ball, do you think he's going to be a good pro? Uh,
2: Definitely. Um I think he's got that hitch in his shot, but it works for him. Uh, he's a big kid, and as a point guard, being six six, that's going to help him defensively. Because he's not really that great defensively; he's okay. He's just got length, but his lateral quickness, from what I see, isn't really there. I mean, De'Aaron Fox just went by him every chance that he, every time he wanted to. Um, but I think with his ability to pass, he makes some of the passes that pro players don't make. I mean, not all of them, but some. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: he's he's an extremely he's a good rebounder. Good passer.
2: He's good. He'll be, he'll be good.
1: Okay. All right. So you're saying he's going to be a good he's going to translate to the NBA. All right. All right.
2: Yep.
1: Okay. Number three. Mm-hmm. Why did the chicken cross the road?
2: Uh, I don't think the chicken knew. I think he was just walking, maybe looking for some food. <laughs> Nothing specific.
1: Nothing specific. All right. Yeah. If you were on death row and they asked you what your last meal would be, what would you order?
2: Uh, bacon cheeseburger with fries and uh, whatever the largest amount of beer you can have, if that's legal. I mean, I'm sure you can, you can drink beer because, I mean, you're going to die anyways.
1: Uh, yeah, I would think so. And where would this bacon cheeseburger come from?
2: Uh, Curly's Bar. It's in uh, Pewaukee, Wisconsin. Um, my brother lives there. It's a great bar. I get it every time I go there to visit him.
1: Wow, a little cheap great. plug for Curly's Bar in Pewaukee, Wisconsin. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, number five and the final question for Cole on March 25th, Coach and Cole Show, Blog Talk Radio, number five. Are the Warriors soft?
2: Yeah, they're a bunch of uh, yeah. I'm just they're a bunch of pussies. Um, <laughs> you saw it, you saw it last year in the finals. Clay Thompson gets in all his feelings, like, well, maybe LeBron just you know it's a man's league. I guess he got his feelings hurt, and then they get all upset when the Bucks beat them. You know, Bucks celebrated because they beat the... This was last year when they were on their uh, on their streak. Uh, the Bucks were the first team to beat him. and. They get upset because the Bucs celebrated it. And they get upset every time somebody, like, gloats that they beat the Warriors. They're like, they should, they should celebrate with class. They should win with class. They beat the Cavs in the finals two years ago. And then they come back next year, or last year, and Steph goes, oh, I hope the locker room still smells like champagne. Stuff like that. like They are the worst villain in NBA history. They're supposed to be the bad guys, but they get upset when people say they don't like them. So the latest thing that happened was the Thunder, supposedly, they got emails from the Warriors top brass saying that, hey, you should have had a better welcoming party for Kevin Durant. He did a lot for your team, blah, 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 blah. Why weren't you nice to him when, when we came to play you guys? Shut up. Why do you care what the Sam Presti and the owners of uh, of the Thunder put out a, like immediately put out a nice article about Kevin Durant thanking him for everything he's done, blah blah blah. That was it. You don't have to have a tribute video of him coming back, coming back to Oklahoma City the first time they play him after you went to the team that in the playoffs. Like the Warriors are are that they're like that kid that. You push down, and then they say, I'm going to go tell my parents. Or when they get older, <laughs> my dad's going to sue you. And they're just that little pussy-ass kid.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I, in that situation, too, Cole, I think you're, you're right, because the fans there were not happy that he left. So, what kind of right. ovation did you expect them to give him when you put his little his little highlight video on your jumbotron? Uh, it's not really going to get the 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 reaction that you think it should. So, um, I, I agree with you there. I think that it was probably best of them not to do so. And you know, their 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 hometown player who stayed uh, who's who's still there, excuse me, Russell Westbrook uh, has voiced his opinion on the situation. Not happy with Kevin Durant. And we've seen how that's gone out uh, throughout the course of the year. So, you know, they're going to side with their own guys. He's not there anymore. And he chose to, to go somewhere else. So um, if you're worried about the team that you left, how they're treating you and you come back as a visitor, then yeah, I think uh, you need to uh, toughen up a little bit and, and have some, some thicker skin. There's no doubt about that. Yep. All right. So we've got, uh, we've got a little extra time and, and, and we've got eight minutes, so we're going to go to the phones. And you can call uh, 646-668-2417 if you'd like to call in to the Coach and Cole show and uh, pose a question for us or, or talk to us about something. And, and we've already got somebody calling in, so let's, let's take this caller, Cole. We're going to bring him on here. Uh, what's your name and where are you from?
0: This is Ben, and I am from uh, Minneapolis.
1: Okay, hey, ben, ben, uh you got you got a question or something you wanted to talk about?
0: Well, yeah, I uh I wanted to get your guys thoughts on the tournament this year. Um, honestly didn't follow college basketball as closely as I have in uh previous seasons, but just the overall uh just the tournament in general and get your guys thoughts on just the gameplay, the teams, the players, um and just kind of the turnouts of the games this year. From my perspective, it's, uh, it's just been poor all over. Um, I just think a lot of these kids, the biggest thing that's really stuck out to me is just these end-of-game situations uh, that have really yeah. ruined could be great games. Um, two, three-point game coming down with a minute left. And it's, it's hilarious watching these kids that don't, uh, that don't have a timeout to run a set at the end of the game. It's like they have never played basketball before in their life. And they're chucking trees <laughs> or doing whatever. So I just kind of want to, wanted to get you guys thoughts on on that. And yeah.
1: Well, all right, all right. No. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, thanks for the call, uh, Cole. Do you want to you want to take that first?
2: Yeah, because I completely agree with that. I'm a big proponent of college basketball. Actually, sucks. We just find it exciting. Um, obviously, <laughs> the NBA is way better. But Ben brought up a good point. Like, especially this tournament, I think more. Uh, probably because it's just like fresh in our minds. It seems that we haven't had a lot of buzzer beaters. And I think that's because, like Ben said, like you get down to the wire and these kids don't know what the hell they're doing. And I get that they're kids. And like I mentioned earlier when Duke lost, like I'm not going to get really upset about it because they're kids. I get that their kids are like tops. They're like 20 year like rarely is there ever a 21 year old playing anymore, but they're kids. So they're really bad at end of game situations because they don't know what the hell they're doing. And the quality of play is down. I mean, college quality play of college basketball, it just isn't that good to begin with. A bunch of kids running around for 30 seconds and then throwing up a, a shot. It's just, it's not a lot of it's good, but this tournament specifically, at the end of games, it's, it's been pretty, pretty bad.
1: Well, I think, you know, we, we we talked about a little earlier about how this was really a tournament that was, uh, there was a lot of parity as, as far as these teams go. They were a lot of even, a lot of even-keeled teams, to be honest. I mean, and I think this kind of, we can get into this from an a entirely different standpoint, but in my opinion, it stems from the, the fact that the talent pool is a little watered down as far as what we've seen in the past as far as division one basketball goes, because we just seen uh, Alonzo ball declare for the draft after uh, one year. So you got all these one and done players. Now, can you imagine if, you know, the, these Kentucky teams stayed together for four years, what they could have accomplished and, and these other teams where they've had players who've gone one and done. So, you know, the overall talent, and I, and I understand that there's, you know, just a ton of players as far as division one basketball goes and there's talent all over the country, but the really, the the stars are already gone in one year and they don't stay and they don't play together. So, I mean, I think that's part of it. I really do. I think that's part of it. And again, you've got younger players playing quality minutes in situations where they're not familiar uh, playing in. Right. If you have upperclassmen, they have maybe been in this situation before with a minute to go, they're down three or a minute to go, they're down like four, or whatever the situation is like Wisconsin. And, you know, they, they find a way to get a lot of that done. And sometimes they're on the opposite end of that. Like we saw last night against Florida, but you know, they're a prime example of a team who is experienced knows how to play and in certain situations has experience in certain situations and gets the job done. And you don't see that, you know, throughout the entire field in this tournament right now. And you haven't really seen it for a couple of years, in my opinion. And that's why Cole, like you mentioned, if you're filling out a bracket and you really don't know what the heck you're doing, like our caller, Ben said, he didn't watch a lot of college basketball this year, but he's been following the tournament. What you always have said and what your advice is for next year Uh, for our listeners is is when you're filling out your bracket, if you're not sure about a team, check and see how many upperclassmen are on that team and how long they've played together because there's a good chance that they're going to be able to advance in the tournament. They're more experienced, and that's a big key into winning games in this tournament, in my opinion. Two quick things with that.
2: Um, In a vacuum, yes, Kentucky would be amazing, but I have to wonder if those kids would go there if they already knew that somebody else was there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see De'Aaron Fox staying, or going to Kentucky if uh, Tyler Uwis and the Harrison brothers were still there. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: No, I, yeah, overall, yeah, I get like, that point. Uh,
2: but another thing, real quick, speaking of Kentucky, uh, I think it, it's a prime example of coaches not using the players correctly. Cal Perry, amazing recruiter. Really good coach. But we saw Devin Booker last night score 70 points. At Kentucky, he never scored over 19. Carl uh, Anthony Towns is amazing. He never even took a jumper. He wasn't allowed to. Uh, something he's got, like, uh Labusier, who's killing it now, now that he has some minutes in uh, in Sacramento. He was just a straight-up post player in, in Kentucky. Like, speaking spe- specifically of Kentucky, uh, some of these guys, we don't know if they're even like capable of, of if if they're best suited for what they're doing now. Maybe De'Aaron Fox is better at doing other stuff than just like running offense. Maybe he's he's a better shooter than than what we've seen. Or um, Malik Monk, maybe he's better off the dribble than just a catch and shoot guy. That doesn't have yeah. anything really to do with with what Ben's question was, but we don't necessarily know what these, what these kids are capable of in a lot of these situations being young guys, like, like how you said.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think it's interesting. I mean, this tournament is uh, you know, as popular as ever. And I think it's going to continue to grow in popularity because everybody has fun filling out their bracket and it's become a, 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 a pastime that everyone's enjoying. And I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here in these games going forward. We want to thank uh, Green Bay Packers running back Don Jackson again for joining us. We want to thank Mike Hanick Hanick from Gulf Coast Media Newspaper for joining us again to talk about the NCAA tournament. Thank you all for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Coach and Cole. You can follow Cole on Twitter at ThatKingCole715, myself at Coach037. And, of course, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Coach and Cole. We are live on Blog Talk Radio as always. We thank you for joining us. On March 25th, 2017. Let's see how the March Bandit goes from here. And thanks again. I am, this is Ben. I am, this is Ben. This is Ben, the Coach and Cole Show. I'm the coach. And I am
2: Cole. Thank you.